0: Jets X Factor. All three of us are together, finally for the first time. Joe Blewett, Michael Nania, Sabo, and we're going to have this podcast in all three feeds on YouTube, on the website, and we're going to discuss the off season. We're going to round it up right now, and we'll kick it to we'll kick it to Nania to start. Um, Nania, give us your f- initial thoughts on the off season.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing when you're just looking at the off season as a whole. Is just Joe Douglas and his overall, uh, just the overall mentality and approach that he's had, the way he's valued certain positions, the way that they should be, specifically with the offensive line. We knew that was such a huge need, and he attacked it really aggressively. And a lot of the moves he made, you know, you could have your own like questions about the players that he added, but I mean, those questions for for most fans, you don't know enough about those players to really question them, but. The fact that he was aggressive attacking the offensive line, uh, taking Becton in the first round after making a lot of moves in free agency, then went out and got a receiver in round two. The fact that they actually – because what we we're the whole time you're we projecting the draft, we are hoping they'd go tackle receiver, and they actually did it. Every single year we have this hope about how they're going to do it, and it never actually happens. And finally we get it, and it's actually what they should have done. So – uh, just Douglas, his entire, and also in free agency, just not overpaying, drawing a line in the sand and not crossing it. Uh, he was just so balanced, uh, emphasized the right positions and attacked the needs that they need to attack. So I think that's the biggest thing, the fact that Douglas really came out and showed that you can, you can, we can have faith in him, that he's going to emphasize what needs to be emphasized. He's not going to be tugged around in free agency or overpay in trades. Uh, things like that have just been really impressive from Douglas.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
2: go just, ahead, yeah. Just to add on to that, um, and Nanian laid it out pretty perfectly. That one, the Jets didn't pay the Jets tax, which is which is great. They're not getting tossed around, um, and that he addressed the premium positions we needed to. He saw that the offensive line was an issue. Um, he addressed receiver to a certain extent. I think that's like my one gripe with receiver. I would like to see a little bit more done there this season. Um, he attacked out you know, outside linebacker in the third round. Um, did the best he can do. I know there's still guys like Golden out there, Vinnie Curry, who I know us three at least in the yeah. Slack channel we're talking about. Guy like Vinnie Curry come on, coming in and, so, and situational downs. Um, corner he attacked as well. It's it's not a position that's top heavy. There's definitely more uh, of depth there and and competition, which is a positive. So. I, in general, you know, without going position by position, I like that he attacked the positions of need and didn't overspend. Um, and there's some people who will speak about, you know, okay, well, they should have got Glasgow. They should have got Conklin. They should have signed Robbie Anderson. And I come from the perspective of how do we know what he offered? Um, I don't think it's as simple as Madden. Okay, you know, Robbie Anderson got offered $12 million the first year and $8 million the next year, $20 million total from the Panthers for two years. If the Jets offered 22 he was coming to the Jets. We don't know if he negotiated with them. He didn't want to come back for Gates. You know, there's a bunch of things that happened um, or that happened behind the scenes that we really don't know about. Um, so in general, I like what he did. I would have added maybe a guy different or two, maybe changed a thing or two different in the draft. But overall, from my perspective, it's, it was a pretty solid off season um, building a foundation and building depth on team that we you know clearly needed.
0: Yeah. And I, I think about it from a simplistic uh, point of view that they've, they've gone down the hype train so many off seasons over and over and over again. Douglas is a former offensive lineman and he knows what wins. It's an inside out game still is no matter what has happened with the rules, with the points, with the yards, with the scoring. And yeah, he did go quantity over quality in the eyes of many in a general view, but competition up front, they have nine, eight, nine guys who could start up front on that line, you know, this season. So raising the competition bar on the offensive line this August was something that I think he wanted to do, and he he really did it. So from that simplistic point of view, I loved what he did. And cornerback, yep, they all fit that certain prototype where it, it fits the zone. What Greg Williams likes to do, um, you know. Then they're, they're not shut down corners, but they're hard to find these days. Um, and like you said, edge is the only position where you, you know you're kind of you kind of come away feeling like he didn't really nail it. Um, Darnold, what do you guys think about Darnold this year? Um, Positives, negatives, best sort of season with Gase, Nania, what what do you think? Is Darnold ready for the Pro Bowl?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, he's still only 23 years old. He was the youngest opening week starter in history. So he could have, I think it's reasonable to expect he will have uh, just a longer growth curve most quarterbacks do, you know, guys like Jackson, Watson, Mahomes, have just set the bar so high with these year two jumps. But that really wasn't the norm before that. Quarterback typically was a position where, you know, they would sit for two, three years. And when they did start, uh, it wouldn't be until their third, fourth year that they broke out. So Darnold could very well be that kind of quarterback. So for me this year, at least from a production standpoint, and then also when you're just looking at him independent of that, just hoping that he can be above average in that you know, 12 to 16 range uh, among starting quarterbacks. And it's all going to start with the, with the offensive line if he can get adequate protection. And also in the run game, if they can just set him up with more reasonable second, third downs. Uh, because the first down run game was a huge issue. They were so so bad running the ball on first down that he always had to dig them out of second and third and long. Uh, so that can't happen again. So it's all going to start with that offensive line. Uh, and you look at the games where they have protected him well. He Darnold has already been producing at a really high level. So if they can protect him well, and you know we're not even looking for them to be elite, the offensive line, if they can just be okay, then it should be enough for us to really see where Darnold is at in his progression. So I'm hoping to see him be in that 12 to 16 range this year. He can be a lot better than that long-term. He could even do that this year. But at least that's what I'm hoping to see in that above-average range. And it's all going to start with the protection up front uh, for him to just get that chance uh, to just have enough time to be able to be in favorable second, third down situations, to not have to be running for his life constantly uh, like he has the past couple of years. So if the whole line could just be at least competent, then he should be able uh, to get the opportunity to show us where he's at.
2: Yeah, Um his, his career has been interesting because as, as we all know, you know, watching the film, doing all the stats, well, I don't do the stats, but that's, that's all Nania. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what Nania does, but those yeah. stats for 12 hours a day.
0: That's um, Nania's numbers right there.
2: Yeah. So he, he obviously it's been a, been a little bit of a roller coaster ride, him being, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old when he, when he took his first start, um, you know, in Detroit he's had a roller coaster ride which is expected with young guys but i think the the dips have been lower than some others but he's put in a worse situation of all the other young quarterbacks, then, then Baker, look at the talent he has on his team. Look at Lamar Jackson, look at what Josh Allen's working with up in Buffalo. I think if you put Sam Donald on the bills right now, um, he already is where Nani is talking about at yeah. that average 12 to 16 and even above when he was drafted, the, the talent I saw on film, I thought he could be, you know, the, the peak is a top five guy, but I think he would be a top 10 guy. That's obviously um, hoping that he had, you know, good talent around him, had good, Coaching around him as well, which he obviously hasn't had. Um, we can get into Gase later if we do. Um, then fine, I'm not as low on Gase as some people are, just based on what he's been dealt throughout his career, um, both with the Jets and with the Dolphins. The Dolphins looking at what about half of his games missing his starting quarterback with the Jets. Um, I would I would like to see any offensive coordinator in the was it three games that Donald missed um to produce with Falk or whoever the hell they had and all those all those games web and whoever else whoever else was there um I don't. I, so I think he's a put in a tough position, but at the same time, he's also a coach who didn't run enough outside zone against the Bengals at some time. So it's like it's frustrating. He's a guy who tries to outsmart himself, so I'm worried about that with Donald. I want to see Donald more on the move. Um, but then Donald also has his, his things to improve on as well. He, he's a guy who will take the risk that he doesn't need to take. He, he needs to take a check down at times. Um, his footwork is something... I rarely see footwork improve from from college to, to to the NFL I don't know if you guys could assist me on that and say anybody who you've seen but I have personally not really seen accuracy or footwork really improve drastically so I think he's always going to be that guy who throws from that open stance who throws you know steps in the bucket um, who fades back who uses all arm I think he's always going to be a gunslinger mentality um, but now we're looking for not 21 uh, 21 touchdowns and around you know 12 picks whatever now we're looking for 30 35 40 touchdowns in in the coming years you know maybe with with 15 picks i think he's always going to be a guy who's like 12 plus picks just because of his mentality he has but he we are we're we're also hoping at the same time that he can learn to check it down you know um but like nania said at the same time he's put in a terrible position. No, no run game. Uh, his, his past, his past or his snap to throw getting pressure getting, getting hit. Um, is at a ridiculously, you know, high rate for, for a young guy, um, with the lack of talent at receiver. Let's, let's be honest. It's not like he has a bad offensive line, but like Deshaun Watson, he has Deandre Hopkins who can just throw the ball up to on third down. Like, you know, Anderson is at best a decent, you know, and I hate using the labels number one, number two, but mm-hmm. a decent number two at best, you know, and then past that last year, you know, Noonwa went out, you had Crowder who was a good slot receiver, but other than that Herndon was out, you know, Bell listen, I think Bell is also a guy who he, you know he's still a good running back, but That's the. There's a reason that running back is the most invaluable position on a team, and it's because of how largely dependent is on the offensive line. You 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 could you could put the best running back of all time behind the Jets' offensive line last year, and maybe they don't produce what 3.4 yards per per uh, per carry, wherever it was last year, but they're not getting over four. So, um, Donald was put in a tough position last year. So I'm, I'm hoping with the improvement from the offensive line um that it he'll obviously be more consistent but it's it's a concern obviously with this offseason as well you know uh, offensive line you need that cohesion and uh they, they don't have games and, and practices to rep it out so it's, it's definitely gonna be a concern where they might be really uh rusty for the first couple of games which is definitely concerning when you're looking at buffalo san fran you know et cetera in the first couple of weeks so
0: Yeah. Footwork. I look at footwork like a a basketball shot. It's just, it It is what it is. It's the way you, you grew up playing the game. It's the way you grew up building your craft and he can overcome footwork. You can as a quarterback, overcome it. Um, on tape blew it. What do you think his biggest problem? His singular biggest problem is, is there a singular problem? Uh, for example, progressions, or, or is it more just a mix of everything? Like you said, gunslinger attitude, uh, sometimes he does lock on to progressions mm-hmm. pre-snap. Mm-hmm. You know, he thinks he knows where – if it's a three-step, he thinks he knows where he's going to go. And it, he he doesn't see the second read. He just – is, the, is that the biggest problem or is it a mix of a lot of things?
2: Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a mix. And I haven't done a deep dive on the 2019 season. Um, but in general, from, from watching, obviously, and, and knowing him, um, like you said, I think he goes through progressions a little bit slow at times. I think that, like you said, pre-snap, he'll, he'll see a matchup that he wants. And he'll look at, he'll even look at that matchup um, and then check another matchup. Like, let's say it's, it's Jameson Crowder over the middle on a jerk route that's wide open. And then he'll he'll even pass off that to throw where he wanted to throw. So I think he just needs <clears throat> needs to trust his eyes in terms of seeing guys open. Um, and also, like you said, the footwork it's something it's something to, to me that I've seen from quarterbacks. You can get over it nine out of ten reps, but that tenth rep, that ball might sail um, because you know if you're trying to you know there's two consistently like you said you know opening thrown uh, from, from open stance you know stepping in the bucket um fading backwards where when he's trying to hit that you know that 18 yard um, you know, out or, or come back or whatever it may be um, that is going to hurt him. So I, I think it's, it's, it's going to show up a rep or two um, which is something you could live with. It's it, as long as you hit nine out of 10 of those throws, it, you, you know, you should be fine because he's also been a guy who's been deadly accurate at times where other guys can't be, you know, he, he, he's improve on his deep ball to me. And that, that comes a lot with, with the footwork um, where he tends to put it all on his arm instead of using, you know, the proper footwork, setting the hallway, stepping through, really rotating through your Instead he kind of just throws all arm, which is obviously it leads to issues. So I think deep ball, um, not locking onto reads both post and pre-snap, um hitting guys that are open, not trying to force balls into windows, he should not. Um but like I said at the same time, then you see him rolling out and hit, which is it's funny, like every Jets fan's account, how many times have I seen that Jameson Crowder play on Twitter this this year? It's like ridiculous. Like he makes really- I'm guilty of that. I think I posted it like three times. <laughs> You're a part of the problem, Nani. <laughs> it's <good. laughs> no, it's okay. So yeah, it's um he he's made some ridiculous throws. I just think he needs to hone it in a little bit, um and he need, needs to get more comfortable in the offense. Which is, again, it's so multi-layered with this. Is okay. Well, now we want him to be comfortable with the offense. Now, what if Gates is fired next year? Now he's in his third yeah. offense. You know, in in four years. Um, so it, there's there's a mixture of things, but I would I would say deep ball not locking on pre and post snap, and then the footwork obviously does hurt him. Um, you know, at times.
0: Let's talk uh, draft. Makai Becton, number 11. Denzel Mims, second, which I think everyone's thrilled with. Uh, A.J. Green, you, you compared him to, blew it. Mm-hmm. I think that's dead on, his feet on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, go up, get it at the high point. He does all those things that a number one guy, potential number one guy could do. Nania, what do you think about the draft? Joe Douglas's first draft.
1: Yeah, I think the way that the first two rounds played out were about as perfectly as you could have hoped. They were able to stay at number 11 and get one of the four tackles, uh, which going in, there were kind of some talk that uh, they might not have been able to get that choice, so they were thinking about trading up. So they didn't have to do that, and they got their choice out of two of them, and you know that's something we'll be watching in the years to come, Becton against Tristan Wirfs. I kind of preferred Wirfs, uh, Wirfs, but... Uh, it was it was really all, other than Jedrick Wills being above the other three guys, which they were so close to getting him. I, I was rooting hard for that. Uh, other than Wills being ahead of the pack, the other three guys, I would have taken any of them. Um, so taking Becton over worse, I think there's obviously a higher ceiling. But, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of this year, because um going to play such a huge part. We talk about the O-line being so important for Darnold and the entire offense, Becton going to be a huge part of that. And you give every rookie, regardless of position, but especially at left tackle, you give them patience and you live with a tough rookie season if they have it. But it's going to be so important for him to play well right away if this O-line is going to get better. But like I said, at the same time, if he doesn't, you have that patience and hope that he breaks out after that, which he very well could. But uh, that played out really well in the first round, getting Becton. And then the second round, being able to trade down and still get Mims after um, Mims unexpectedly falling to that, you know, I believe it's a 48th pick Yeah, him falling to 48. And, and you could argue the way it played out was great trading down, still getting him, but you could argue they probably should have just stayed there and taken him uh, considering the need at receiver and how lucky they were that he actually fell there considering the run on all the great receivers that were available there at the top of the second round. But, Um, I think Mims is definitely a better prospect than guys. A few who went ahead of him, Van Jefferson, um, K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins, a few guys like that, he's either in their neighborhood or better than them. So I I really don't know why he fell that far. Maybe we'll see going forward why, but it was a surprise to get him. So those first two rounds played out great. Then after that, not that it was hit or miss, but I think there are some things that I maybe would have done differently I know with Davis now with uncertainty, with Jamal Adams, having him could help, but he's not a strong safety. And I'm um, looking at your film review, Joe, really revealed a lot of, I think, flaws that make him very questionable uh, in terms of what he can do this year. But not just this year, long term also, just if he can actually pan out at all. But I think Zuniga was a, a solid pick. There were some other edge rushers who maybe could have been higher floor picks in that spot. But they did go, uh, Edge being the third biggest need, they did go after that on day three. Uh, And then Morgan, that pick was an interesting one. Obviously, they need a backup, but to expect uh, a fourth-round rookie from Florida International to come in and fill that role. uh, And they did pick up Flacco, but it's just not something that has worked out a lot recently, drafting a long-term backup. You only get him for a few years. Uh, You obviously have your franchise guy. So, That was debatable. I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, But I like the P. Ryan pick. He definitely can fill in. He could definitely come in right away and be that running back, too. Obviously, they have Gore. But he can right away give you some depth, just has a versatile skill set, can do a lot of things well fundamentally, even if he isn't the best, even if he doesn't have, like, unbelievable agility or breakaway speed, just a really good all-around player. Can be that Blau Powell long-term, I think. Uh, sort of what Powell gave to them and maybe take over for Bell next year. Um, obviously, I like the Braden Man pick on the special teams. The special teams guy, I'm always thinking about that. I think he can be an upgrade over Edwards. Uh, and Bryce Hall, that might be my favorite pick of the draft. I was looking at him a few rounds earlier for him to fall that far. Uh, that was a big time steal, I think, will turn out to be. Uh, we'll see if he does anything this year, but in terms of long-term, I definitely think, and he's also a great fit Uh, with what the defense Greg was playing, Greg Williams, in the second half. So I like the Hall pick. Cameron Clark, his film was really good for a fourth-round pick from Charlotte. Uh, So overall, I think it was uh, just in terms of value, I think the value was good with most of their picks. Uh, He attacked positions of need but also didn't reach to do that. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing from Douglas' perspective, filling needs but not reaching to do it. Uh, if you can do that, I think it's a it's a good. It, the approach is what matters. He was able to fill the holes, not reach to do it. So I think that's promising from Douglas.
2: Yeah, I, re- I remember during the uh, the draft at, like ten we were all in the Slack yeah. channel like, dying, yes. like hoping, just praying because I, Will's I really liked Will's as well. Um, I was higher personally on Worse than Beckton. Uh, in my defense, that was pre-me getting a ton of all twenty-two and watching his pass sets. I heard the pass sets were really a thing to be concerned about. After watching the pass sets, I'm not as concerned as I was. Um, I think there will be some instances where, versus certain complex blitzes or stunts, that he might struggle a little bit just because of his lack of um, not not awareness to it, but his, he hasn't been uh, exposed to it a ton throughout his career at Louisville. But in terms of his raw footwork, balance, knee bend. Angles of of his arms, his punch, etc. I, I think he's pretty solid in the pass game. Um, so I'm actually higher on him in the pass game than I uh, than other people are, and I'm actually a little bit lower on him in the run game. Like I don't think he's gonna come out and dominate in the run game like some other people think he will. I think he could, but. It, it's a lot of technique as well. Um, you could you could dominate with bad technique in college when you're playing guys who are 230 pounds. You don't really know how to stack guys, but in the NFL it can be a little bit different. So I think he will have some struggles in both areas. But um, overall, in terms of the long term, I, I get it. Uh, I think it's the highest ceiling of all these guys in terms of the long term. And it seems like Joe Douglas really wanted that nasty guy, which obviously Beckton's the, the nastiest guy um, out, of, out of the four that the, the top four that were taken. So uh, I really like that pick. Obviously, you know, we were fighting with a lot of people who might have liked Judy or Ruggs or whatever. But yeah. if the Jets took a receiver over offensive line there, I would be greatly concerned for what Douglas thinks. Yeah. It Unexpected was just so history. deep. The receivers yeah. were just too deep to do that. Way yeah, too deep. Yeah, exactly. And, and Nani, I completely agree with you. Um, people haven't brought that up a lot in terms of the Mims pick, but I. So I love MIMS, and like you said, uh, Sabo, I, yeah. I compared him to AJ green, um, yeah. me and Marcus. And listen, trust me, there are guys who I will kill. People love Greg Dorch last year. I, I killed him. Uh, there are certain guys in this draft who I don't like. I love Mims. I think that he could be the best receiver in this draft long term. I think that he was probably my number four guy, um, below the, the, the top big three, maybe even three to, to rugs. I think rugs a little bit overrated, but I could see, um, why he fell even maybe like five, six, seven receiver. Um, I don't know how he fell to the, what was a 12th or 11th. Yeah. Um, like you said, guys, I. I I see no way possible that guys like Higgins or Pittman were better in college than than Mims from what I saw. So I don't get that. But at the same time, if he traded down and Mims wasn't there, and now you're taking a guy like Van Jefferson over Mims because you you traded down, I criticize that a little bit more. Yeah, it worked out well. But at the same time, if it didn't happen, I would have been pissed. You know, we all wanted him at 48. So just take him at 48. So yeah, you know, Monday morning quarterback, and yeah, it looks great. You did it. You pulled it off. But at the same time, what if it didn't happen? That's kind
0: of a theme of Joe Douglas' offseason. He does that, takes, you know, huge balls to pull that off. And then the same thing with Jordan Jenkins and Brian Poole. Those two guys Mm -hmm. lingered in free agency uh, for I don't know how long, but longer than we thought. And then they come back on, what, $5 million, one-year $5 million deals. And everyone's like, what the hell? Do do I that? think Jordan Jenkins is 3.5,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be 3.5, yeah. So yeah.
0: That's,
2: that's the theme for Douglas. Yeah, so he has some balls, even though so like, I'm fine with that. Obviously, I love the, the the outcome of what happened in the second round, but at the same time, if he weren't to land Mims, I would have been pretty upset, mm-hmm. to be completely honest. I really, really like Mims. For the other picks that I like, I like the man pick for sure. Um, special teams, I think, for us being the website that we are, uh, we understand how important special teams is, so I'm fine with taking a punter in the sixth round. If you're getting a, a, a great punter, a top five, top ten guy for the next five, ten years, you know that's that's a lot better – bigger bigger of an impact than whatever receiver, whatever guy you would have taken there considering the bust rate of those guys in those rounds. So I'm completely fine with that pick of, of man. Um, Hall, like you said, Nani, I, I, it's either him or Mims. I don't know which one to like more, um, but getting Hall, I think in, in terms of the value of where he was picked, I think that's the best value you got. I think he could be a legitimate number one, number two in a few years, obviously, depending on how quickly he bounces back from that injury. Like myself and Marcus talked about, torn ligaments and things like that are, are something that tends not to necessarily heal the best. So we have to hope that he is going to take care of it, which he seems like the guy to, to do that. He seems like he's super dedicated. So we have to see how he comes back from that injury. Um, other than that, in terms of like the picks, I, I think those are the three picks I, I loved, um, the other picks, you know, there's, I I would say like Zuniga and P Ryan were kind of like, okay, like, you know, C plus B, B minus grades. Like I, I like them, don't hate them. I understand why they took them. Um, Zuniga, he, he's more of an interior rusher on, on nickel. I don't really see him creating a ton from the edge, you know, minus the run game because he just doesn't have that bend. Yeah. Um, I'm not comparing him necessarily to Jadeveon Clowney, but he's more of like a straight line explosive athlete like that, but doesn't have the best bend. Um, so I don't see him making a ton of impact from the edge. So the Jets seem to have a decent amount of those guys who aren't super twitchy. So I would like them to see them maybe make a different pick there. So I give that like a C plus, B minus, whatever. P, Ryan again all-around guy um i don't hate that pick a lot of people wanted a more explosive guy there but i I think for a guy in that round um a lot of people have compared him to blau powell not necessarily directly because of their game um like on a one-to-one basis but in terms of like them providing like an all-around decent type guy um if we get a blau powell where we picked p ryan i think that's a great pick you know uh, obviously a little bit different in terms of traits but um sort of similar. So I, I think that's a fine pick. The picks I don't like, I agree with, with Donnie on that is uh, Morgan didn't really love it too much. I, I think they need to go another receiver at that point in the draft. There are still some guys we all wanted. Um, I believe. So I wasn't an, a big fan of that. But at the same time, I get them needing backup quarterback, uh, but still not a huge fan. And then the other pick Davis was another guy who um, hearing everybody, like all the big wigs out there. I love this guy. His, his instincts are so great. He's, he's the leader on the team. I did not see that at all on film. Um, the same thing with Cashman last year, Cashman, I heard like the stat. Oh, he only, he didn't miss any tackles at, uh, wherever he played, Minnesota, wherever the hell, whatever school it was, I forget. Um, and then I, the first game I watched, he missed like three tackles. I was like, what what is this?
0: So both guys are really athletic. I mean, yeah, that's that's the 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 thing.
2: So he, it's easy to see on YouTube highlights. Okay. Yeah. He makes all these Mm -hmm. plays, but a lot of the plays that I saw that he was making, he was locked onto the quarterback and he broke on the throw when the quarterback threw the ball in college. That works in the NFL that does not work. So he he was he was reading the quarterback a lot. He's a not a good he's not a good tackler um from from what I saw. Um he's 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 able to play man because he's athletic enough. He has the fluid hips, he has the stop start, he has the acceleration, but in terms of the technique, it's not there. So yeah, he might be a great athlete, but at the athleticism in the NFL is is 5% of it, you know, 10, maybe 10% of it. 90% of it is the is the mental and the technique. And he did not have that to me when I saw him. So I, I didn't like the Davis pick. A lot of people were, oh, he should have been a first rounder, second rounder. I think that's crap. I d I didn't see that. Um, so I'm not too high on that pick, to be completely honest. He's a he's a really raw pick. If he develops, great. But, you know, he, he could be that center fielder because he has that track speed, but that's a large, you know, uh, a jump to take to, to him being a starter for me. So um, I guess that's my overall thoughts about, you know, diving into
0: play by play basis. So yeah. Uh, defense. Well, Jamal Adams, let's sit on Jamal Adams real quick because we have, that, to. <laughs> we have to, because that is the off season number one topic. And listen, he's been a good soldier over the last two weeks, right? Week or so, whatever. Um, I, I think it's, he's got to reimmerse himself into the training, into the culture. He knows training camps coming up. Um, I think what he's done, all he's done is lower his value around the league based on what he's done. Because once you show that you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get your way, teams, no matter how good you are, will look at you in a different way, in a different light. So he's been a good soldier. But where do the Jets go from here? How does it play out? Uh, obviously, after the draft, it's, it's a lot more different than before the draft. It's, it's really tough to, to make superstar trades. You know, Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis doesn't happen every day. Uh, so Nanny, what are your first thoughts? How do you think this plays out?
1: Yeah, it's just such a tough situation because I feel like a lot of the key details, we don't really know because it seems like he just, regardless of the money, it just seems like he there's someone in the organization, maybe it's Gase, maybe it's someone else, maybe it's a combination of a lot of things, but it just seems like he doesn't really want to be there. And not to the extent that he's going to sit the season out because he's going to miss out on a lot of money if he does. So he's definitely going to suit up. The Jets have uh, – they didn't panic, and he'll be playing for them. But it, it just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. So I feel like there are details we don't know in terms of why that's the case. But I think from a Jets perspective, Douglas, again, has kind of just stuck it out. Like maybe McKagan would have pulled the trigger on a trade by this point. We don't know. That's just speculation. But Douglas is not the guy who's going to let – uh, a player forces his way out like that and just take below market value to get him out. Uh, so I like that Douglas kind of has, at least to this point stuck to it. And if they do trade him at, at some point you're going to want a pretty big package for him because I think he's the best safety in the league and definitely what he provides uh, just a different amount, the different ways he can help you just make it easier to call your defense with the different amount of roles he can take on uh, is really unique. So I think they would want a, a pretty big package. It, talking about, if not multiple first first round picks, a first rounder, and a, a player who you know can contribute for you right away, uh, a very good player. So if they do trade him, they're going to need something big. But how it's going to play out, uh, it's just so tough to project. There are a lot of moving pieces. Uh, I think the Jets are really going to have to, if they want to extend him, work on mending that relationship a little bit in terms of in the building. Uh, Woody Johnson's not helping that out right now, but – uh, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I, for me, my preference would be just getting him locked up because I think he's uh, a fantastic player who can help them out for a long time. But uh, hopefully that's what happens. But uh, we'll see what happens. And I think that – I, because I think from the beginning, like the Jets' standpoint has been that they are planning to extend him. They're just doing what you do, and that's, you know, let his rookie contract play out, take advantage of those cheap years like the team should, and he'll get his money next year. And I think that is what the Jets are planning to do. So uh, I think that is what I would count on playing out. Just season will go through. They'll extend him at some point, if not during this year, next year. Uh, but we'll see if Adams, even at this point, would like uh, to sign with them or if he really is hell bent on getting out of there.
2: Yeah, I, I Saba, when you were asking a question and laying it out, I think it's an interesting point, too, that, you know, Post draft, it's really hard to trade a guy, and then layered with that is there gonna be a college football season? You know, this year, and how is that scouting gonna yeah. be? So th- there's there's mm-hmm. multiple there's multiple layers to this, um, in terms of of the draft pick trade, and I would like a play a a, a player and a pick because picks are great. But they're dark throws. Like and, and what are the chances that one of those players equal to Jamal Adams, or even both of those players equal to Jamal Adams? Yeah. I, I think if you were to make two first round draft picks, let's say in the middle of the rounds, if, if you were to land two solid players in their long-term career, that would be that would be a kind of uh, above expectation for what those players would be. And I don't think two solid players equals Jamal Adams, who is the best safety in the NFL. And I've had arguments with people. Um, for for either way on this, I think the Jets have had three or four generational players since the, the year 2000, and that's Ben Curtis, Martin, Jamal Adams, Terrell Revis. You can argue Nick. Uh, you can argue Nick Mangold. That's it. So I don't I don't see getting getting rid of him for let's say you know let's let's just say like Jets recent draft history which we'd hope you know Joe Douglas would be better than this but Leonard Williams and let's say even Sheldon Sheldon Richardson like two guys who are like okay decent to solid like even if they got two level players of that that doesn't equal Jamal Adams in my mind but at the same time Joe Douglas comes from organizations like philly like baltimore who don't like to get pushed around and i think that if he did if he, if he didn't open his mouth he might have gotten paid already but it, it's kind of it, it shows it's a bad president for joe douglas yes. to set to 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 give the money to the squeaky wheel so if he weren't to come out publicly and do all the stuff with you know i'm trying to get to dallas and all this stuff i want to go to these playoff teams he might have been signed but at this point it makes joe douglas look bad to, to sign him so does he is that why he's being quiet did he get word from whoever it is agent who might've led him in the wrong direction. It seemed like initially anyway, yeah. um, you know, to, Hey, shut up. You know, these guys are getting paid now. Maybe you can get paid. So I, I think Joe Adams screwed himself. I think he didn't go about it the right way. If you wanted to get traded, if you truly wanted to get traded, go to the jets behind closed doors, say you want to get traded and, and, because that that maximizes your value. You coming out, like you said, Sabo, and saying, you know, I want to get traded. Now his trade value diminishes. Now it's going to be harder for the Jets to trade you. So if you really wanted to get traded, you didn't do it the right way regardless. Um, so he put himself in a position where they're going to get lower trade value. And now they might not even be able to sign him because of of the what it looks like to uh, for the Jets organization or for Joe Douglas by the same time with saying all that. I would like to sign him. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's in training camp. Maybe it's by week five, six, seven, eight. Maybe it's next offseason. I don't think it's going to be my next offseason. There'd be just be too much uh, things going on. But um, I would like h- him to be signed because the Jets don't have generational players very, no. very often, and he's a guy you could build a defense ar- around truly. So um, I want him signed. But I think he kind of screwed himself and, and screwed the Jets either for getting signed or for getting traded. He, he just didn't go about it the right way at all.
0: And the shame of it all is that Jets fans are now trying to minimize his play in the field because they're, they're, they're sore and they don't Can I interject.
2: Yeah, I heard right. somebody say today that Davis is, is better than Jamal Adams in coverage. I, uh, I swear to God, I saw that on Twitter. So just, Jamal, just, Adams, Jamal
0: Adams, Jamal Adams <laughs> coverage is phenomenal. And then mm-hmm. the leap he took from year one to year two was ridiculous. Um, he is the best safety in the league. I think he's the best safety in franchise history already. You know, your first team yeah. All Pro, second team All Pro. They don't have a rich tradition there. Um, you can't minimize his play, and he's done it without a legitimate pass rush. I mean, he's done it. I know or legitimate corners the, or legitimate corners. So he's covered up so many holes in that defense. Um, you just can't minimize what he does on the field. You could feel sore. You could you could hate him if you want, but don't do that. Um. Speaking of that defense, Greg Williams, uh, what do you expect this year? Do you expect with the additions the defense to go up the ranking? I think uh, where did they rank last year? Tenth in by foot DVOA. It was yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Do you expect it to go up? Do you expect it to decline? Because they don't have that edge. Still, they don't have that playing space edge. Um,
1: Nania, what do you think, Greg Williams? Yeah, Greg did such a fantastic job last year, but the tough thing with projecting them is there are things both positive and negative going for them. Hopefully you get Mosley and Williamson back for the entire season. And if you do get that, it's a huge upgrade uh, over the linebacker played from last year. Uh, and other than that, not too much change on the defense. So cornerback is going to be the big, uh, the big X factor. Um, what are you going to get from them after, you know, they you had Tremaine Johnson, Roberts, Harrison, playing very badly and then you switch them out for bless austin and arthur millette who even though they're not fantastic they did hold it down pretty well in the second half so are they going to be able to make is bless austin specifically him because i really like his upside he played well in the second half is he going to maintain that is he going to fall back down to earth we'll see what he does and then the cornerback death jar is just it's deep it doesn't have a top doesn't have any top end talent or a legitimate number one corner but you have competition there. So there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot that could go right. You only need one or two of those players to go right out of the five, about five you have there competing. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that position. But at the same, the biggest thing is with linebacker, you could get a lot better if you've mostly Williamson back. But at the same time, when they had that surge defensively last year, they were playing the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins, Giant, uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants, the Steelers, and their two terrible quarterbacks, the Bills who weren't even trying to play. In week 17 so the competition was very bad in that second half so as good as they played um, the competition could barely have been any easier and then this year you're going to be playing teams like uh, kansas city seattle uh, buffalo's offense could be improved uh, just the competition is going to be tougher and, and even regardless of who is on the schedule just because of how easy the opponents were in the second half last season uh, it helped them out a lot so even though the, uh, there could be upgrade Upgrades that linebacker just by getting healthier. Quinton Williams, maybe he takes a big step up. I think he will, especially as a pass rusher. Uh, Nathan Shepard as well, I think he played really well as a pass rusher in the second half. If you can get a full season a full season of him, uh, the interior pass rush could really help mask the edge uh, as much as they could. Because that's still going to be a big weakness. They didn't do much of anything there uh, to boost the edge rush. So there are things going both ways. You have the linebackers back, but you also are looking at a schedule that could be pretty tough and just as flat out not, you know, rookie quarterbacks and teams preparing for the playoffs, which is what they faced when they played well in the second half last year. So uh, I think the biggest thing is going to be how much in addition to the health of mostly Williamson. Uh, is how how big of a leap can Quinton Williams take? because if he can you know fulfill the potential that he had coming in uh, then and be the player that we thought we still think he can be. He's only played one year. It's ridiculous to uh, just you know toss him aside after what was uh, just one season. but if he can fulfill that potential and be uh, a very a very good pass rusher, uh, then I think that could help mask a lot of what you have in the edge. Not all of it. They still need to fix that at some point, uh, starting next season. But if Williams can take that leap, I think that can help the pass rush quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I think overall it's going to be um, upgraded now by statistics and where they finish. I, I don't know, um, but we all we obviously and it's it's the example that everybody goes to in terms of the defense and how much they can be improved. But look at Buffalo first three quarters versus Buffalo fourth quarter with T.J. Mosley, um, even even minus Mosley and Williamson, who I, I think is underrated by Jets fans. I like Williamson a lot more than some others do. I, yeah. I think he's better in coverage than people realize, and he is a really good blitzer and a force in the run game. I've seen him plant 320 pound offensive guards on their asses and make a tackle on a running back, which is ridiculous for a guy who's 240 pounds. Um, so I really like the inside linebacker duo. I think that's a, honestly, the middle of the defense is really strong. Yeah. Um, and, people, and you talk about Quinton Williams, Michael, it, it's people giving up on him after year one. What if people gave up on Flarenzo Fadokasi after year, year one, or Nathan Shepard, or, or even a guy like Terrell Basham who wasn't on the Jets year one, and now he's a, you know, he, I would say he's a decent role player for the Jets, so um, Quinton Williams undoubtedly will take steps in the right direction. Um, in my opinion of him, I think he got a little bit heavy in his hands and he was a little bit overzealous at times, and also with Nania breaking down the stats, he was used as, as the picker, the penetrator a lot, and stunts and asked to take up blocks. Now it's, that's slightly concerning because if he was playing great, he would probably be asked to be the looper or asked to win on one-on-one and, and you know they would isolate some matchups for him. So Slightly concerning, but at the same time, it's it's a year one for a guy who's 21 years old. Um, so I, I think he'll take a step up. Um, from there, you have Shepard, you have Fodokasi, you have McClendon, who's been criminally underrated his entire career. I think he's one of the best run-stuffing defensive linemen in the NFL. The inside linebacker duo um, is, if not the best, I would say easy top five Um, I'm not sure all the other ones but it's definitely top five easily the safety duo again if if Jamal Adams is here and Marcus May another one top five I I would think and I I think that's being generous Um, you could argue one two three four five whatever it is but up the middle each unit I would say is is, is top five Um, now when you go to the edges that's the concern Uh, they don't have that pass rusher they don't have they don't have that corner this year I I think at best, he's like a 2017 Morris Claiborne. That's what I've compared him to. A guy who won't get beat deep a ton, but at the same time is a little bit frustrating. Um, Will open his hips up too early and, and give up you know, he'll, he'll give seven yards of cushion on third and five and back pedal, which is frustrating to see. So he's not a great corner. I think at best he's a, he's a decent. He's okay. Number two, but I think on a good team, he's like a solid role player who comes in and doesn't and plays maybe 50% of the snaps. So they're still lacking severely at corner. Um, even though they added some depth, you know, you have to hope Paul continues to take steps in the right direction. Bless Austin. Will he'll be healthy? Uh, will, will, will he be healthy? So that's two guys you hope to develop in the long Um, so I, I think they'll be better because they're young and they're developing the defensive line. Their, their linebackers are coming back. And even minus those guys, it's not even the top two guys who were injured. Cashman went down at a certain point. You know, uh, uh, Hewitt went down at a certain point. You're playing with Burgess as your starting linebacker who wasn't on the team to start the year. And they had to sign him back um, to start for the Jets. So they were severely injured on defense by the same time. Like Nania said, they're playing the Chiefs. They're playing the Niners. They're playing the Bills now twice. They're playing the Broncos, who have a ton of offensive talent. Uh, The Seahawks. So... The, yeah, the, the colt which, which we'll see what Phillip Rivers is. I, I think right. he's pretty shot. But at the same time, their offensive line offensive is line, is, yeah. is plenty is plenty to go against, you know, by itself. The Patriots twice with Cam Newton. I'm, I'm scared to see what they could do with Cam Newton, to be completely honest, because they're, they're geniuses on offense. And now having a guy who could run uh, a lot more RPO and things like that than Tom Brady could, it's going to open up some dimensions that they didn't have before. So I'm a little bit scared of them as well. Um, so I think they're going to be a better defense overall they're really strong up the middle. They're lacking at the positions, the, the biggest two positions at Ed Rusher and uh, corner. And you can argue corner now. Uh, I think Ed Rusher is definitely one, but uh, steps in the right direction. I'm just not sure how they finish statistically because of the guys they are playing because my worry with the jets defense is, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to be in, in 12, 13, 21 personnel. And that's going to take, guys like Fado Kossi and Shepard and McClendon off the field. And now we're going to go in 10 personnel. And now instead of those guys, now we're going to be seeing your third, fourth, right. fifth string corner and your third and fourth safety. So that's my concern with the Jets defense. So um, steps in the right direction, but they still need the, the building at the biggest positions on, on the defense.
0: All right, we'll hit a couple more topics here. Um, speaking of the defense, you know, undrafted free agents came to mind. Bryce Huff uh, on the offense. you get got the receivers, Campbell, Lawrence Cager. And the NFL announced not only will fans not attend in Jersey, but training camp rosters will start at 80 instead of 90, and there will be no preseason games. I think that's official. I'm not sure. I know the NFLPA was told there'd be no preseason games. That's the report right now. If that comes to pass, do these, any of these undrafted free agents have a chance? And if they do, who do you have your eye on?
1: it's just that's it's gonna make it so tough the the fact first of all the fact that you have the roster cut down by 10 that's gonna take a majority of them uh out of the mix already Uh, or they could probably cut some of the random fringe players uh and keep some of those guys but a few of those undrafted guys are already going to be out because of that and then not having the preseason just makes it even tougher like just think of Robbie Anderson who was the Jets top receiver for the past three years probably never would have played for them. If he didn't get the 2016 preseason uh, to show what he could do. And he played, he played so well in that 2016 preseason probably would have never played for them at all. If, if he didn't get that opportunity. So it, it's going to change so much for them, but I think Bryce Huff is obviously the one guy that stands out as having the best shot edge is such a, posi- a position of need for them. He was really productive at Memphis, and I think just looking at him play, he, you know, not that he should have been a first round pick or anything, but he was probably draft worthy. Uh, he didn't get the chance to go to the combine or have his pro day, so that definitely hurt him. So he's probably a fifth round, maybe sixth round talent who they were able to sign undrafted free agency. So considering his talent level compared to other undrafted free agents and the need at Edge, I think he has the best shot. Uh, Receiver is another position where they don't have depth. Uh, so Cager or Campbell could definitely make a play because you look at past Mims, Perriman, uh, Jameson Crowder, and especially in the outside, considering Crowder's a slot guy, uh, there's just not a lot of depth there. Vincent Smith is probably the top guy outside of those top three. And, you know, he has one career touchdown and that was rushing. Uh, and other than him, the best is Josh Doxon, Braxton Berrios. And Berrios does have some upside, especially in the slot, but just not a lot of depth. So the receiver's... Uh, Cager and Campbell could make a play but if I were going to pick one to make the team it would be Huff but considering these changes it's just going to be so hard for any of them to do it
2: yeah, um, I think there's three guys who have a realist, realistic shot. Um, and you could you could argue, and a lot of people, we know how many freaking mock drafts did we do. Lamar Jackson was that popular guy yeah, in the sixth yeah. round because he has the same name, corner. The Jets need him. He's always there. But um, watching a little bit of him, I, I don't see it. So the corners of him and Guidry, Guidry has you know some speed. But other than that, again, it's like 90% mental and technique. So um, I don't see it with him. Um, the offensive tackle, uh, Hilbers, or I forget exactly how, what his name is I to be honest. Hilbers. Yeah. I try to find film on him. Couldn't find a lick of film on him. So that's why I can't remember his name. Cause I didn't do any film on him, but they gave him the largest guarantee, which is obviously reason to think, okay, the jets like him considering the lack of depth at some positions, especially offensive tackle, you know, minus the three guys that they have, you know, with, with a Fant, um, and Beckton who is that, who is that fourth guy, you know, so he might be able to step in there. Um, I like your point about the receivers as well. You obviously have the top 3 guys, don't need to name them. They seem to like Vincent Smith a lot and Barrios was obviously good on special teams, so I think that's the lock as a 4-5. or five. Now that sixth guy, and it, could they carry seven? Yeah, m- maybe they do, maybe they don't, but for that sixth spot if there's a, is only six, I think it comes between Cager, who is that outside guy because Barrios is that is that slot So you don't, where is the other outside guy, Um, Vincent Smith? I don't think he's necessarily an outside guy either. I think he's more of a gadget guy, speed guy. So a true, like true X, you know, red zone guy. I think Cager might have that shot who looked relatively productive when he was healthy, obviously battled some injuries. So if he is able to stay healthy, um, can he make the team? I think he has a shot. And then, like you said, I think Huff has the best shot, but Huff is also in a tough position with the Jets front seven because they have so much talent there. Like a lot of people talk about, you know, uh, and this is obviously different since outside linebacker, but you know especially in off season where they're not going to be able to prove themselves. People say preseason doesn't matter. It matters. It it really does. Like you said, with Robbie Anderson uh, guys like Victor Cruz famously, you know, lit it up in the preseason for the giants. So um, it matters, but not having the chance is going to be tough. And uh, do you take a guy like Bryce Huff over, you know, and I think he was underused last year, but Frankie Louvu, who, who showed, who showed some things two years ago or um, on the defensive line, not even Shepard or Fowler, they're not going to get cut, but guy like uh, John Franklin Myers, who with the, with the Rams actually showed some flashes. He was just injured all of last year. So is Huff going to make the team? Maybe. Um, If he does, I think he'll be like that third down rush specialist. Uh, I would love for him to make the team because he does have that raw athleticism you need to be successful for the edge. So those are the three guys I think could make it, but, it's such a tough position this year with, with the lack of training camp um, with the lack of, of preseason, no preseason, like you said, as reported, you know, is the report as of now. So um, tough spot, but I'm, I'm hoping, you know, those guys can, can uh, step up and, and make the team. Obviously you want to develop the young guys. We're in a position where we don't necessarily need to carry veterans. We're not making it to the playoffs. Uh, maybe, I guess maybe you could, but we're not making deep playoff run at, at the, at the uh, minimum. So those are three guys, but uh, their chances are are low just because of you know what this off season is. So,
0: yeah, if they if they get rid of the preseason or just cut it down to two, I think it's such a mistake. After this year, you, you got to have preseason games because these kids, it, these practices aren't like the 1970s where it's all out. It, it's you really need game action. Um, and I, I guess we'll end it. I'm thinking about topics. We'll end it on the Jets fans' favorite topic: Adam Gase um I think I agree with Blewett where Gase he's okay as a play caller but the question comes with leadership communication that sort of thing is he a head coach um Nania with Gase will this be his final year with the Jets and what are your overall sentiments about the head coach
1: yeah, I agree with you guys in that I'm not like a lot of fans are just completely anti gay Don't want to hear anything for him at all. I'm definitely not near that in, in any way. I'm with you guys in that as a play caller, there are some things to like. And that's not to say he's a great play caller. He's not Sean McVay or Andy Reid. But there are some things that, you know, his starting quarterbacks have missed so much time. He Obviously, Jets have not had much of any talent. But the offensive line just made things... So hard, so hard for you to establish anything uh, last year. So there are some legitimate excuses, and he still shows some good things as a play caller. So, and again, that's not to say he's great. There are still some things uh, in terms of his approach, just the decision-making. You mentioned the Bengals game for Joe. That's just one example uh, of him making decisions that just aren't in line with the strengths and weaknesses of his team and the opponent. So there's his, his decision-making situationally, can be better running too much on second and third and long uh, passing too much on third and second and short uh, things like that, just going a little bit too much, uh, just taking being, trying to be a little bit, bit too surprising and kind of predetermined, predetermining things, overthinking things. Uh, so those are some weaknesses, but overall as a play caller, that's the reason he's here. We know he's not the most charismatic guy. So it's, it's what he can do as a play caller that's gotten this far and, you know, with, healthier starting quarterback better offensive line maybe we'll see a fuller realization of some of the things he can do as a play caller but as you said Robbie it's off the field well uh, with the question marks come in with him uh, we talked about uh, Jamal Adams before could Gase be part of the reason he wants out maybe maybe not but uh, I think that's the biggest thing And that's part of why Greg Williams is there to kind of fill that void a little bit he a lot of players probably see him as the de facto head coach Uh, with Gase not really filling that role too much. But uh, Bell has backed him up off the field. So I think that's the biggest thing, off the field, his relationships with the players. But it's just hard for, for us from the outside to really know how well he does in that role because we can watch his press conferences, things like that. But it just comes down to just the smallest of levels in the locker room, in the film room, how he connects with his players. And things like that we don't really know. But I think that is clearly the biggest question. With him, and then just the fact that on the field, uh, we make all these ex- not necessarily excuses because they are legitimate—the talent, the injuries—but he just hasn't fielded a single good offense yet in his four years as a head coach. So, uh, for all those things that we do say for him, uh, at some point, if he is as good or of an offensive coach as uh, you know—not that he claims to be, but that you know he seems to be then at some point the production has just got to be there to back it up. So, you know, hopefully this year he gets the health at offensive line, the health at, or you no, know, the performance at offensive line, the health at quarterback uh, to actually have a legitimate chance to show you what he can do as a play caller in a fair situation. Uh, but that's the biggest thing if for him to develop Sam Darnold, uh, to develop this offense. And you also don't want to throw Darnold into a third offense in four years. So, Uh, the biggest thing is developing Darnold and this offense and uh, will he make it to next year? I I lean towards yes, just because of that continuity factor, but it all comes down to uh, Darnold and the development of Darnold and the offense. But at at the same time, while we were talking about the offense, he's the head coach of the team. Uh, So the fact that we're still talking about only the offense and you do, it's good to having Greg Williams there to run the defense uh, and just bring the that leadership factor Gase might be missing. But uh, these are things that head coach is supposed to bring to the table. So it, it is a little worrying that uh, we still have to uh, just kind of consider that your head coach is missing all these things that head coaches should have. Uh, but if he can get the offense going, get Sam Darnold to that superstar level, then I think you can live with some of the weaknesses if he can establish that. Uh, and then then you go forward from there. Will Greg Williams even still be around to fill that defensive void? How long is is he going to stick around? Um, So there are a lot of question marks, but the focus has to be on Darnold and the offense, and your judgment of him should kind of start from there, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm concerned with the with him getting fired as well, just because of uh, not even Gase with with Donald. Now it's okay. Now Jefferson's not with Mims and and Barrios and Smith, the, the younger guys. Now the running backs coach not with P Ryan. Like there's there's a lot of turnover that happens now. Pollock, who there was some, some concerning things uh, about Pollock last year, but it, like I've heard you on a recent podcast, now talk about. Um, his track record was so high with the Bengals and other teams where he, he had above average offensive line so I think people are too quick to kill him and say get rid of him um, it's, it is hard to change an offensive line and, and technique in one year so now you're changing the offensive line and maybe now instead of running more zone now they want to run more power now maybe guys don't fit in the system as well you know so there's so much turnovers that happen with, with coaches getting fired and obviously the most important of them being Donald going into third his third system in four years and obviously for Gase now there's built-in excuses with, with this year with no preseason and with the lack of continuity on the offensive line, they're easily going to at least have four out of five new starters on the offensive line. Um, So that's a concern. Um, And like we said with Miami, he tries to outsmart himself too much, which is – an issue. Um, there was times where I broke down. You know, you can still go back on on YouTube and watch uh, myself and Marcus Coleman break down his offense, and we watched a couple of concepts. And Marcus, who played in the NFL, coaches in in, in uh, the Arena League, was literally watching this play, and he's like, "Even after watching this play, I don't know what defense I would call to to stop this play." Like that's how good of some of his concepts were that I saw, and some of that I saw this year. Um, but he goes away from it too much. Where he'll use it once or twice and never use it again. Where we see a lot of coaches in Nowadays, uh, whether it be Shanahan or McVeigh, they build upon concepts and keeps adding wrinkles to concepts. To know they know how a, a team's going to counter one concept, and they throw another wrinkle in it where it's going to screw you um, if you play it the way they think they're going to. So he needs to build upon certain concepts that work, and not try to throw out a billion concepts and try to outsmart people. Now, maybe there were situations last year where he had to outsmart people because of how bad the talent was, and that's why I almost tapped like I tapped out on Twitter at a certain point last year with Luke Falk games and and all of that because
0: Kotite uh, comparisons in week three, week yeah, four. Yeah, that's what I can't stand. Like, listen. Budget.
2: I would like to see, and it would probably work out. It would definitely work out better, but I would like to see Bill Belichick with Luke Falk with the offense, that offensive line that he had, because his biggest problem, I believe it was Luke Falk. Again, I tapped out. Um, his biggest problem in college was pressure. And now you have the worst offensive line in the league blocking for him. Like it it, it was never going to work against against teams with miles, miles, Garrett, et cetera. You know, it just was never going to happen. The Eagles with a really good defensive line were just absolutely pounding on the jets. Um, so he, he, from a statistical standpoint, that might've put him back in Miami having his core, his starting quarterback for about half the games and 24 at a 49 counting a playoff game. Okay. So yeah. So one, so one, yeah. So yep. minus one. So, and he may, and he didn't lose any less than seven games in Miami. So he was actually relatively successful in Miami with not the best situation with a, a, a team. Let's be honest, was not that talented with missing their starting quarterback for about half the games. Mm-hmm. So he, but at the same time with saying that I think personally, he is an offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach because he, you need to manage the team. I think the Jets, if they were to fire him, need to go with a guy, and not exactly this guy, but Brandt Boyer, a guy who's going to oversee the team and let the offensive guy do the offensive thing, just like Jim Harbaugh. And Joe, the Harbaugh. Judge, Joe Judge in
0: New York. Where exactly. The, where the head coach doesn't call the plays. Exactly. It's kind Bring of two, a, different, two different themes. There's the offense, the, the, the teams that have two head coaches. With the teams that have the Bill Belichick who doesn't call the plays and he has his two, defensive, his two coordinators who call the plays. Um, yeah. Jets haven't gone that way in a long time.
2: I think it would be the smart move. Uh, bring in, you know, let's, and, and I, I, again, I hope it works out. And he doesn't even get fired because then we're, we're on the upswing. But, you know, let's say you keep Greg Williams, and I don't know exactly what the situation be. And then you bring in a guy like uh, Todd Munkin, you know, or the, uh, who was that coach from, I think it was Iowa or Iowa State a couple years ago, who I think Campbell or whatever it was, maybe, uh, who was getting consideration from the Jets. I'm not sure if he's an offensive guy, to be completely honest. But um, I think that might be the way they should go because I don't think Gates is a guy in the locker room who is uh, largely liked. I, I think there are some guys who like him. Obviously, we saw Alex Lewis come out and speak about him and, and like him, but there's been issues. Um, the, the Quincy Nunois thing, the coletios Assembly thing, whatever side you're on with those, obviously that was an issue. Even though KO, I, I kind of think he knew he had an injury and, and tried to get out of his contract, whatever. But I think he tried to steal money from the Jets. That's, that's just my opinion. But um, I I like Gase in terms of a play caller better than other, others do. I just think he needs to simplify it down at times and not try to outsmart himself because when he does... Um, deploy the concepts that some some of the concepts I see, I think he should build upon them, make it, make it a simpler offense. Um, But I think with more talent this year, uh, he, we will produce more, but at the same time last year, you know, you'd see games like the Cowboys and then you'd also see, even in that Cowboys game, the second half, how much should we do in the second half or versus the Bengals Mm -hmm. or or versus these teams where the Jets weren't putting up points the Bills backups. We weren't putting up any points, you know? So there are some definite concerns, but I think the people who compare him to Coke tight, like you said, uh,
0: is ridiculous. I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, and you, you talked about Polak, and Bell's not the easiest guy to to throw into an offense, too. Bell's running style with an offensive line. Not behind not, a bad
2: offensive line. No, no way.
0: Not the easiest thing. But speaking of Bell and Gore and P. Ryan, which I think they're going to rotate a lot this year, uh, the weapons, last topic, the weapons around Sam Darnold as a whole – What do you think? In my personal opinion, I think a lot of it depends on development ceilings. How high can their development ceiling be? And that is dependent on how the trenches play in a lot of cases. And I don't think we it's hard to anticipate. Right. It's hard to know when that's coming, what it's going to look like. Uh, Nanny, what do you think about the weapons uh, for Sam Darnold this year?
1: Yeah, and to start out with Bell, it, it really comes, and Joe, you said like him behind him behind a bad offensive line is not a good matchup, just not a good mix. Not that any running back is, but for him in particular, he doesn't have that breakaway speed to make up for it every now and then, and with him being so patient, if the block is never going to come, it's just not going to go anywhere, so that was not a good mix last year. So for him, it's really dependent on that offensive line, because what we saw in Pittsburgh was you pair him with a very good offensive line that's consistently blocking plays up really well, and he's going to make the most out of those blocks more often than most other players do just because of his patience and vision. So the better the offensive line is, he's going to get exponentially better with it. And the fact that the highest paid running back in the league is so dependent on the O-line just uh, speaks back to how, how much value that position has lost, why you don't pay that much money for a running back, but still. Uh, In terms of the Jets this year, the the better the O line can be, Bell's just going to get better and better, more so than other running backs do because of his style. Uh, So that's going to be really important. Can they? Because the running game last year is just an absolute zero, did nothing for them whatsoever, other than punching in a few touchdowns from the goal line. You know, first and 10 was they're the worst team in the league in that situation running the ball, Uh, and just about every down and distance they were. So that can't happen again. That doesn't help your quarterback at all. Uh, and that all starts with the O-line. Uh, and then to the tight end position, That I think that's going to be, uh, because of the lack of depth at receiver, I think Griffin and Herndon will be about as involved as any other tight end duo in the league. Uh, and Herndon coming back is going to be a, a big boost, I think. Darnold really missed him, uh, missed him in the red zone, but also in scramble drills. They just had such a good camaraderie on those. Herndon just it, had a really good knack for adjusting his routes. Uh, especially later in the season. You look at the Texans game, uh, a a lot of moments where he was just connecting with Darnold on those scramble plays, which was Darnold's signature ability, but we just didn't really see it that much this year. And I think losing Herndon was a big part of that. So uh, the numbers Herndon put up over the last 12 weeks of 2018, he was a top 10 tight end. So if he can do that again, and you also get Ryan Griffin's production as a tight end too, uh, it could be one of the better duos in the league. From a receiving standpoint, the blocking has to be a lot better. That was a huge issue. Hopefully, Wesco can help out with that a little bit. But uh, Griffin and Daniel Brown's blocking was not good at all last year. That was a huge problem. But uh a receiver in, in the side of Crowder, who's a top-10 slot receiver somewhere around there. Uh, so he's definitely going to fill that role well. But it comes down to Perriman and Mims, really, on the outside. Both guys have such high ceilings, but the floor is low. For Mims, just because he's a rookie, you don't know what he's going to get. I think long-term, he has a tremendous ceiling. Uh, his game is just uh, just really impressive all around, just not only the production, uh, what he does all around as a receiver is good. And, and what he does as a blocker is going to be huge because the Jets receivers last year, they couldn't block either. It, it was way beyond just the O-line, the blocking. It was the tight ends, it was the receivers. Uh, so Mims could help out with that a lot. He's a great blocker. But in terms of the receiving from that outside duo, Paramin and Mims, uh, what Mims does as a rookie is going to be huge, just like Becton. They're going to be relying on these two guys to come right in and play well for them. So they're going to have a lot of pressure on them, and that could backfire at least for this year. Uh, So we'll see what Mims does. But Paramin is going to be interesting because what he did in December this past year and, and even through a few moments throughout last year at Tampa Bay because he wasn't getting a lot of targets you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's going to happen. Uh, but last, in the final five games of the season, he was fantastic. But there's the first stretch of extended production that he's had in his career. miss his entire rookie season and then two seasons with Baltimore and with Cleveland. Season after that, never really was able to find a niche and had uh, struggled quite a bit with drops, just not separating and overall not producing, quite uh, mostly throughout his first four years. In the league so the floor is low with Perriman I think but the ceiling he showed is very high what's most likely I think is that he settles in somewhere somewhere in between there but the the range that you could get from him is is really wide it's he can go very low or he can go um, do what he did in December of 2019 which is uh, one of the better receivers in the league I don't think that's likely but just the talent that he showed uh, in December is really impressive and to go along with what Herndon brings, matching Darnold's uh, scrambling ability. I think Mims and Perriman really match that, too. Both guys are very good contested catch receivers, and that's something the Jets have not had uh, a lot of. If, if they've had anyone you can consider a good contested catch receiver in Darnold's two years, uh, I don't think they have. But these two guys definitely do that. So with Mims and Perriman and Herndon back, I think you have three receivers who match up with Darnold's, uh, his aggressiveness, his ability to extend the play really well, something that he lacked last year. Didn't have anyone to really trust in those situations. So I think the, those three guys are really good matches to him skill set-wise. But I think the, the two biggest X factors in terms of uh, the skill positions are Bell and that offensive line, I think he'll get exponentially better with the production of the, the run-blocking. Uh, And then that outside receiver, what are Perriman and Mims going to bring to the table? How quickly does Mims get off the ground and then Perriman, just just who is he? Because we've seen such a wide range from him throughout his career. But uh, overall, I think it's uh, definitely below average right now. But what those two outside receivers do, what Herndon does coming back is uh, there's a lot of potential, I think. Like you said, Robbie, if uh, the offensive line can give them the chance, I think the ceiling is high for this unit. But we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think there's like a wide range of outcomes that can happen. Um, I think they improved on every position, uh, at least going into the year, in terms of like assuming health um, as compared to to last year. Running back's kind of a wash. Um, I like Ty Montgomery. Uh, they didn't use him enough, in, in, in my opinion. I actually liked what he showed on on film. Um, but replacing him with Gore, who uh, Gore is a guy I'm higher on than some other people. Uh, like I said, the Message is the most knowledgeable Bills guy I know broke down all the film and he was used like strictly on short yarded situations and things like that. So yeah, his yards per carry is going to be low. Um, but with saying that, I also don't want him to out rep P Ryan in a year where P Ryan needs to develop. Um, if we were going for a playoff run, yeah, sure. You know, uh, Gore can get more reps than P Ryan, but um, running back's kind of a wash. Tight end. Um, it's kind of the similar as last year. I, if I'm not mistaken, we, we brought in Griffin like week three or whatever last year, like it wasn't, it wasn't it was early.
0: I don't, I yeah. don't know if it was before, was it after week one? He, he was
2: there for the season opener. but He came Wasn't in late he, in
0: the offseason. Okay. Okay. Me.
2: okay. Yeah. So I, I like what they have at tight end. Uh, just be, uh, versus what they had last year, it's obviously an improvement um, because you have Herndon back. Now, Herndon, I, I'm a little bit lower on him than some people are. I'm not saying that he can't be a good tight end, but at the same time, his rookie year, yeah, he made some catches, but a lot of those were open catches. And I like you said, Nanya, he, he adjusted to, to Donald well. But there's nothing I saw from him that I was like, oh, this guy's going to be ridiculous and, and continue to produce. I, I think there's a lot of situations, kind of like Griffin last year, he's running wide open and has caught the ball. Um, so, I, you know, I think he could be a good tight end. Maybe he could, could even be top 10, sure. But he's just not like Jets fans assume that he's like a top five guy, top 10 guy already, which I don't think is the case. So, but with saying that also, I think that it's, it's an improvement having him back over um, guys I had last year. You're hoping that Wesco obviously takes a step up. Um, which he did towards the end of last year. Uh, We mentioned Bell, um, and you laid it out well. I really don't have to add anything to that. And it seemed like later in the year he started hitting the holes that were open because he knew that no other holes are going to open for the Jets' offensive line. If the holes open for the Jets' offensive line last year, probably even more this year, you've got to hit it because there's no hole that's going to open up again because they get swallowed up in the run game because there's not a good offensive line at this point. But with saying that about the offensive line, um, last year they were 31, 32, uh, with dolphins, whichever one you want to argue for the worst, you know, based on stats, I think it was actually the dolphins who were 32nd, but even 31st, even if they could take a step up from 31st to, to 22nd, which I think they can, um, that's a massive, massive upgrade for, for, for Donald and what he's seen in his, in his first two years where they've been bottom three unit, you know, his first two years of his career. Um, and I think they will, uh, I'm taking, I'm taking Becton over, over Beecham, uh, Beecham was a, was a complete non factor in the run game and anybody with strength in the past game would bull rush him um and I, I didn't I didn't like him in the past game either really so I'm taking him um over over beach Lewis I, I think he's okay I think he's a little bit hyped up because he's a rah-rah guy I think he's below average McGovern is a is a top 10 12 guy which is a, obviously a big addition from what we had in the last couple of years, especially considering a young quarterback, a guy who can point out the defense to you is, is huge for a young guy. So that's underrated position. I think on the offensive line, I think it's left tackle, right tackle center. Um, and in my opinion, I think the center is really, really, really important, especially for a young kid. So uh, which obviously helped out Sanchez. You look at Mangold and stuff mm-hmm. like that when he was, when he was you know, a young kid. So uh, that's an improvement. Van Roten versus Winters. Um, so that's a guy I'm higher on. Um, I might be lower on a guy like Herndon, but I'm a little bit higher on, on Van Roten than some others are, I think he could be, I think even below average starter is an upgrade from what it was last year. When you're looking at the injuries and, and what Winters has been at some times, um, I'm surprised they haven't cut him yet. Uh, and talk about the defense too. I'm hoping they cut Winters and sign Logan Ryan because I think a Logan Ryan would be a huge addition to the defense. Um, and then Fant, uh, I've been the, the, I think I've been outspoken with Fant. Um, I don't think every situation is linear. I think too too many people um, in the football spectrum look at a situation. Okay, if he's not good by two year 2-3, year two, then he's not a good player. I don't think that's always the case. I think with him getting – I'm sure Nani could, could spout the stats about how many games he started um, in his career, but he hasn't started many for a 28-year-old. Yeah, only 18
1: – it says he started like 25 games, but sometimes he'll just start and you know rotate through. But start and finish the game playing tackle, only 18 games so
2: far. Okay, and 28-year-old – uh, offensive lineman is not a 28 year old corner or receiver or whatever it may be. So he has time to develop, and I think that his ceiling—I'm not even say a ceiling. I think he could be a decent starting tackle. I think even below average tackle um, this year is an upgrade from last year as well. So I think he could be that. His development from from late 18 to mid 19 to end of 19 was was drastic in my opinion i started watching the 18 film i was like people are going to hate me putting up this review like it's disgusting and then um that that ravens game that niners game late in the year were were really positive to me um he struggled a little bit in the in the next game which i believe was against the eagles which i think Nani messaged me it wasn't as good as you said but i i I didn't i i did the film review like three months ago but he definitely took steps steps in the right direction for sure he has the athleticism he has the power um, he has some technical issues, opening up his hips, oversetting, things like that. Um, but I think the offensive line is definitely an improvement. And then going, you know, rounding out with receiver. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a, that's the huge X factor, you know. <laughs> you know? Uh, so Mims is a guy who I think, obviously, you know, throwing the ball up to him, he's going to make some plays. Red zone, he's going to make some plays. But his development from Baylor is going to be a uh, – is going to be a little bit slower because of the routes he was asked to run and the lack of routes he was asked to run. So developing that in the NFL um, is going to be, you know, an issue. But at the same time with him, and the reason I compared him to AJ Green for his body frame, and I remember us talking to Slack, me breaking down a hitch route. Like there's not a lot of websites doing that, you know, breaking down hitch routes. And his athleticism that he shows for the size he has is ridiculous. You see the three-cone time. There are times where he gets out of, a, uh, out of a route break really, really quickly with bad technique. So if he cleans that up with a coach in Jefferson who coaches some Van Jefferson to be one of the best route runners in the country, if he develops that with his catch radius, with his hands, um, with his frame, he, he can be a really, really good player. I'm just not sure how quick it happens because of the 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 way he was used at baylor one to the offseason obviously every every rookie is starting from behind the eight ball this offseason so how quickly does it develop i'm not sure year one you know you're looking at maybe five six seven hundred yards i think i think max he's not gonna be like a thousand yard guy or anything like that year one but um for this year big question mark for him development great in the future um Perryman's another guy I'm higher on. A lot of people reference the four or five game stretchers, which is obvious that's from a statistical standpoint when he produced, but there's plenty of times, and I put it up on Twitter the other day where he burns Darius Slay for what could have been a 95-yard touchdown that wasn't in those five weeks, uh being the fourth fiddle on offense behind OJ Howard, behind Godwin, behind Evans he wasn't targeted a lot he was the third or fourth progression not the first or second so um he was an afterthought in the offense at times and there's plenty of times where Jameis Winston being Jameis Winston wouldn't see him or would completely miss him down the field so um now so I think it was a good year from Perryman but at the same time that's his one good year and to be honest I haven't watched him at the Ravens I didn't watch him with the Browns so I don't know um but he is a guy who I know you agree with uh, Robbie that he is more talented than
0: Robbie Anderson for sure. Um, I I like him more in terms of talent, but reliability. Yes, he's of course. Injured, of he's course. been injured so often. Robbie Anderson is more reliable. There's no if I, it,
2: if I had to take a one to one guy right now, I'm taking Anderson over 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 Perryman because, right. like you said, what he's what he's done. But in terms of body frame, uh, ability to run routes because even with that frame, his ability to pluck balls uh, and make contested catches are all right. much better than Anderson. Uh, yak. Uh, definitely think he can get over Anderson. I don't know if Anderson broke one tackle in his career. I don't know if he ever will, <laughs> and that's why I was confusing to see him on end rounds and things like that in his, in his career. He's just so skinny. You know, mm-hmm. one ninety. I'm calling BS on that. There's no way he's one ninety. No. There's absolutely no way. He's he's one seventy soaking wet. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the the receiver room has more upside than it did last year for sure and like you said with the blocking important Perryman, uh, I, I think it's a decent blocker i've seen him on some blocks and then mims uh which is the thing i watch for on film and people will say oh uh why does your blocking doesn't
1: matter uh bs i'm calling bs on that too it yes. does matter Wanna yeah, show they should just takes- watch some film last year of how many times thomas anderson blew blocks and bell got stuff because of it it yeah. clearly really it really matters
2: yeah, your 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 top four, your top three guys who were blocking on screens. You know Thomas, who I think can block. He just it didn't look like he was interested in blocking at all. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I don't
1: know what the deal with Thomas was. There were so many plays where he just wouldn't block last year. Yeah, he he he
2: was he was in it for the paycheck. It, it, it seems yeah. like guys like Tremaine Johnson, him. So you have Anderson, who there's I don't know I don't know if he could block you know, one of us, uh, obviously <laughs> obviously, but, uh, you have him, you have Crowder, who's small guy, you know, so Robert robbery blocking matters, especially for a team who runs a lot of screens and things like that. Um, and is a quick hitting type offense, uh, West coast more than other, I would say that's the, the closest offense to identify the jets with, um, water Street blocking matters. And not even, not even with just the X's and O's of water Street blocking, it shows me and I don't know if I should, I'm supposed to curse in here, which I won't. It shows me that you're not soft. And that's, that matters to me. Um, there was times where Greg Dortch would give up. And that's why I didn't think he would make it. Things like that. So why receiver blocking matters. They have that this year. So I think the upside is, is, is better Herndon, assuming health. Uh, I'm taking personally Perryman Perryman Mims Crowder over, over Anderson Thomas Crowder, um, yeah. over last year, I'm taking the offensive line over what they had last year. I think running back's a wash. Um, and I think there's that running game. Like you said before, I didn't hit on it. The difference between second and 12 and second and seven for, for Donald this year is going to be massive. That opens up your playbook a ridiculous amount it changes the defense and the looks at Darnold's going to get. They're not going to stack the box box as much, hopefully. Um, and something I'm not, going to get to this because especially if, if, if the season goes to like October, which I think they should push it back at this point, to be completely honest. Uh, Sam drawn also an underrated uh, uh, QB sneaker, which I, I think is something that, yeah. that, I'll, I'll, happened a lot on third and fourth and one, where he he would he would convert where he's pretty smart with how he sneaks the ball, which again is something that Tom Brady uh, was really really good at in his career. So I, with all the breakdowns that Nani is doing, I'm sure that he's going to do QB sneak soon because I don't know what else yeah. he can do. <laughs> so we'll, we'll I'm sure that's going to come down the, the the pike at some point. But yeah, the, the offense has it has potential. I, I think the, it could be a below average unit, but I think that's a big upgrade from 31st, 32nd last year. And obviously with that uh, the better offensive line how does donald develop I, I think getting donald on the move more um things like that would help and like you said uh with the receivers too uh he's a guy who yeah you want the shifty slot guy and, and crowder but he's the guy to extend plays you want that big guy um who could win those contested catches for him which he never had before so uh i think adding guys like perriman and mims fits donald more so the offense has more potential. The defense is better. It's a better team than it was last year. Is that reflected by the record? I, I don't know. Uh, it's depending on health, which the Jets were uh, historically injured last year, by the way. Um, but the schedule is a lot harder. So, do they finish 7-9, 8-8, eight eight? Um, but are a much better team? I, I think that's most likely the case. So, they, they have some development to go, but
0: they have potential. What's Mims' uh, injury history? I know he had the hand, right, that, that caused him to drop passes. Anything else besides that in college?
2: I don't think I don't think anything that held them out of games. Yeah, I don't think so.
0: Okay, yeah, because Perryman, Mims, or Perryman and Herndon—that's that, a concern right off the yeah. bat. You got, I mean, just staying healthy—it's as simple as anything. But these guys got to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, that uh, that'll wrap it up for us. For the first time getting together, I think we'll do it again. Uh, check it out. Check out the shop. We're gonna be starting to push it again. Jetxshop.com, Jetxfactor.com. Connor McGovern approved. Connor McGovern approved, was that his kid? That was his kid,
2: right? I don't know know if it was his kid or his brother or his cousin, whatever it was, but the the McGovern's rocked Uh, the McGovern. He's a McGovern.
0: Yeah. We know that. The McGovern family is rocking the run CMG shirts whose idea was that i think that was nanny right that was no that mine. One wasn't mine that was, was credit. Okay. The, the credit we still need to push
2: a mim shirt i'm just saying we're, that i still gonna want to get MIM MIM the
0: shirt. mims we're gonna get the mims uh, this right. week we're gonna get the mims all right so jetsextractor.com look at bluett's film on youtube Nania his numbers or i don't know how he does it and uh, uh it doesn't know it. it's he's Nania's. it's insane uh,
2: no and i'm not i'm not doing this to insult you do you do you have you do you work as well Right now, it's just this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes a little bit more sense because I don't get. It. I work a full time job. I, I can't. But the numbers that you come up with, like a hundred reasons to to believe. I I how
1: like how does that? I don't I don't get it. But kudos to oh, you. Right, I, I ask the same question myself. Honestly, hey, there right. has to be times
2: where you're typing stuff I'm like why am I why and how am I doing this? <laughs> My sister's yeah, it, a math it, teacher.
0: My sister's a math teacher too, and I just I don't know how she does it. That numbers me and numbers don't jive for some reason. I can't do it. But uh, until next time, uh, we'll catch you guys later.